Hey y'all, welcome back to the Real Life Pharmacology Podcast. I'm your host, pharmacist Eric Christensen. Thank you so much for listening today. As always, go sign up at reallifepharmacology.com. Get your free 31-page PDF on the top 200 drugs. Uh, It's a great refresher if you're out in practice or a great study guide uh, if you're going through pharmacology classes. So uh, definitely go check that out. Simply an email will get you access to that, and we get you updates when we've got new podcasts and other content available as well. All right, let's get into the drug of the day today, and that is buprenorphine naloxone. Uh, Many of you may know it by the brand name Suboxone. And this is classified as uh, a medication used for opioid use disorder. Uh, It is two medications, uh, to be clear. Buprenorphine is a partial opioid agonist, and naloxone is an opioid antagonist. So let's start with buprenorphine a little bit. So this medication, being a partial opioid agonist, has uh, affinity for opioid receptors and activates them to a certain extent. But it doesn't activate them to the extent of a full opioid agonist, such as morphine, fentanyl, uh, heroin, and other uh, drugs like that. So why this is used in opioid use disorder is because it has strong binding affinity for those receptors and it helps prevent full agonists from binding them and activating activating the receptors more fully. Uh, The naloxone piece of it uh, competes and doesn't allow other opioids to bind uh, those mu opioid receptors as well. So the combination of these medications helps manage uh, opioid use disorder. So in general, these two medications working together, uh, we're really trying to block uh, full mu opioid agonists from having their physiological effects. Essentially, it reduces the high uh, that you can get from these opioids. Now, I do say that with a little bit of grain of salt, um, excessively high dosages can potentially overcome uh, that blocking effect. Um, again, potentially, uh, but in most uh, usual doses, it's, it's going to help blunt that high and patients won't uh, feel the need. In addition to that, uh, it helps the withdrawal symptoms because the partial opioid agonist activity uh, gives the patient some of that effect uh, without fully taking away all uh, opioid agonist type action. So kind of a, a twofold uh, thing there. So uh, definitely something that uh, is is important to recognize in how the medications work and what they're designed to do and help prevent. This medication is a Schedule three controlled substance. Um, we've got numerous dosage forms. Uh, there's a sublingual film. Uh, there's a sublingual tablet. Uh, There's buccal administration in the cheek as well. And each of these has different dosages with them. Uh, I'm not going to go into all the different and list them out, all the different dosages and that sort of thing. Um, But there is different kinetics with each of those dosage forms. So uh, the interchangeability, uh, it's not 100% simple, 100% easy. So definitely take a look at that if you have to switch a patient from one dosage form to the other. 
uh, you definitely want to look into the kinetics and see, you know, how much they're going to get and uh, try to get the most appropriate uh, equal dose that you can if if you're trying to do that and if you're not trying to go up or down or something like that. So um, pay attention to the dosage forms. They do matter. There is difference uh, differences from a kinetic standpoint. There is differences from a, a dosing standpoint there as well. So how is this drug going to be used in opioid use disorder? Uh, let's talk about initiation briefly. So if you've got a patient that's been on short-acting opioids, uh, so heroin's a, a great example there. Um, you're going to initiate suboxone 12 hours after the last use of this, this opioid or when you start to see withdrawal symptoms. So maybe that's 14, 16, 18 hours. Um, that's usually when you're going to, to initiate this medication. Now, if you've had a patient that's been off of opioids for some time and we're looking to, to start this, you're going to want to start really low uh, as far as the dosing and go a little bit slower because, uh, in essence, the longer period of time you go from using uh, to not using, the, the longer time frame it's been since a patient has used, that's going to reduce their tolerance over time. And when that tolerance disappears, uh, then we need to restart back on, on low dosages. So definitely important to recognize that uh, uh, most recent use uh, when we're dealing with starting these medications and what dosages to to use there. Uh, we're going to initiate uh, more cautiously again in those patients that haven't used uh, for longer periods of time, let's say a week or two, for example. Uh, all right, let's talk... Adverse effects. Uh, naturally, any drug with opioid agonist activity, even if it's a partial agonist like buprenorphine, uh, so I think about sedation, uh, constipation, respiratory depression, you know, particularly in the setting if we get too aggressive with the dose, um, these are all potential adverse effects of opioids in general, and they certainly can happen with uh, buprenorphine or suboxone in combination with naloxone if uh, we get too aggressive uh, with the dosing there for sure. What you're also uh, potentially likely to see is withdrawal symptoms, or you certainly can see withdrawal symptoms. So uh, that's kind of the opposite end of the spectrum where, you know, patients are a little bit more revved up and their, you know, stomach might be having some issues as well. So nausea, anxiety, mood changes, irritability, uh, also, sweating is a very notorious um, effect from opioid withdrawal. Uh, tachycardia can happen, and an increase kind of in, in generalized pain and achiness can be associated with opioid withdrawal as well. Uh, buprenorphine rarely has been associated with some hepatic toxicity issues, um, so it's generally recommended to avoid this in patients with poor renal function, or uh, excuse me, poor liver function, not renal function. Um, some other rare situations that, that may happen, so hypotension has been reported, uh, as well as QTC prolongation. All right, monitoring parameters, thinking about some of those adverse effects, LFTs. That's definitely going to be important uh, to check with buprenorphine and naloxone. Uh, blood pressure, pulse, uh, going to be important to follow there as well. Uh, a couple of things about administration and kinetics. 
Um, first and foremost, I wanted to note the different dosage forms. There's different bioavailabilities, and so they are not necessarily interchangeable. You've really got to pay attention when you're doing any switches. Uh, co-administration with liquids, and it does depend upon the liquid, but bottom line, if patients are, are co-administering um, and you know drinking at the same time or close to the same time, that can impact uh, and generally reduce bioavailability and reduce absorption in general. So uh, pay attention to that and definitely um, make sure we're doing proper patient education uh, on administration based upon the product you're using, whether that's a sublingual film or a tablet or the, the buccal administration there. And then the final thing I wanted to mention with Kinetics is uh, daily dosing is typically standard with buprenorphine and naloxone, so once daily. And big reason for that is buprenorphine's got a pretty long half-life, which makes that pretty convenient for patients. Uh, that half-life is in the ra- range of 24 to 42 hours. So definitely going to cover them um, with once daily dosing there for sure. All right, let's take a quick break from our sponsor, and I'll wrap up with drug interactions. If you're in the market for any pharmacist board certification study material like BCPS, ambulatory care, BCMTMS, or others, go check out meded101.com slash store. We've got NAPLEX content available there as well. So please go support the sponsor there. Uh, Also, we've got links to Amazon books. Uh, We've got a pharmacology crossword puzzle book that's been fun uh, and educational for folks to do. Uh, got case studies, drug interactions, all sorts of different resources uh, for all sorts of different healthcare professionals. So uh, go support the sponsor. Any purchases at meded101.com slash store. Go directly to support this podcast. All right, wrapping up with drug interactions. Uh, first and foremost, I think of CNS depression um, having those additive type effects, so any sedating medication, uh, you know, your sleeper medications, your trazodones, your Z drugs, um, anxiety meds like benzodiazepines, some of the uh, older anticholinergics, uh, hydroxazine, diphenhydramine, uh, can certainly all have additive sedative properties. Uh, Constipation is the other thing I wanted to mention. So, uh, anticholinergics, like again, the Benadryls, the you know Ataraxes of the world. Uh, those can have additive effects to the constipation adverse effect of uh, buprenorphine here. And then CYP3A4. So this can be an issue. So CYP3A4 inhibitors raise concentrations of buprenorphine. Uh, CYP3A4 inducers can lower uh, concentrations of buprenorphine. And last but not least, I alluded uh, to QTC prolongation risk. Uh, so we've got to think about a lot of those antiarrhythmics, amiodarone probably being one of the most common ones I see used. Um, think about drugs like you know quinolone antibiotics, levofloxacin, uh, antipsychotics have some QT prolongation risks as well. Um, so definitely think about that when it comes to drug interactions too. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap up the podcast for today. Hopefully you picked up some practice pearls. If you did, please do me a huge favor. Uh, leave a rating review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. And of course, support the sponsor, meded101.com slash store, S-T-O-R-E. 
If you have any comments, questions, concerns, definitely reach out to me, mededucation101 at gmail.com. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn as well, Eric Christensen, PharmD, BCPS, BCGP. With that, I'm going to sign off for today. Thank you so much, and I hope you have a great rest of your day.